Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go, Hour 2. Live in Los Angeles, it's the Herd. Wherever you may be. However, you may be listening or watching. A lot of choices out there. Thank you so much, and thanks for making us part of your day. Uh, Kevin O'Connor at the Ringer is going to stop by here in a couple of minutes. Steve Keim, former Arizona Cardinal GM, talking some NFL last hour. That's right, baby. Uh-oh, we've said a lot of stuff about him. Is he coming into the studio? No, I like Steve. I think the organization, oh. the Bidwell stuff is, that's organization. I said it. Washington got rid of Dan Snyder, the worst owner in the NFL now. It's a short list. The Cleveland guy and the Arizona guy. That organization, what do they say? Fish rots from the head down. Like that organization's I, got big problems upstairs. Somebody told me this week that last offseason, Buda Baker said to Steve Kimes' face, if you guys extend Kyler, don't even try to keep me here. I'm out next year. We'll see if Kime will answer that. I, don't say I said it, but just ask him. Well, he's probably <laughs> listening right now. Um, so it, it's interesting. Remember when uh, Tom Brady first went to Tampa, and he had to recruit some people. Everybody he called came. Gronk was in retirement. He unretired for Tom. Antonio Brown played nice guy for a year. Leonard Fournette, he called guys. He got them on the phone. They all answered. Aaron Rodgers called Calais Campbell to join him with the Jets. Uh, Here's Calais on the recruiting pitch. The Jets made a, you know, equal offer as the Falcons. And uh, come on, man, let's go win a championship together. And that wow. was, uh, you know, it was appealing having, you know, Aaron Rodgers text you, uh, you know, t- you know, talking about winning a Super Bowl together. But when it came down to it, man, I just, you know, I just had this gut feeling that Atlanta was a, was a special place, and um, you know, the value I could bring would be most affected there. Excuse me. Since when has Atlanta been a special place? The money was equal. And you chose Atlanta? Desmond Ritter? Over Aaron Rodgers? I know, I know, I'm so unfair with Aaron Rodgers. 
But I had a current Green Bay Packer tell me during, um, I'll say, once the playoffs started, a current Packer tell me that Aaron's hard because he wants transparency but doesn't give you any. That's why Devontae Adams left. A great organization and a Hall of Fame quarterback for the perpetually chaotic Raiders. The annual cellar-dwelling Raiders and Derek Carr. You don't leave Aaron Rodgers in your prime and maybe the end of his for the Raiders? Aaron demands it and doesn't give it. And doesn't anybody else think this? This is what I think, is it fair to say is how Aaron views how he's viewed and how Aaron's truly viewed by players are two different things. Now, David Bakhtiari loves him. Randall Cobb loves him. Uh, But they always go to the same two guys that love him. But Devontae Adams in his prime left stable, winning, Hall of Fame quarterback Green Bay for the Raiders. That's uh, Remember, the Patriots ditched Randy Moss. New England moved off receivers or tight ends. Wasn't the other way around. To me, if you're calling Calais Campbell and the money's equal and you see the Jets' defense and their young star offensive players and you choose Atlanta, that kind of feels like your, rep, your rep's kind of preceding you a little bit. I don't know. Brady made calls. Guys followed. That's what it's always felt like to me. All right. So the NBA playoffs have been outstanding. I I I, I do want to say this. I, I I want a little comment on what the Suns did last night because I said I'd move off Kawhi, but I think it is a little concerning that Devin Booker had to play all those minutes. Devin Booker last night was virtually perfect. Forty-five minutes, no turnovers. 45 points, good defense. KD played 42 minutes, 28 points. And with a minute 44 left, it was a three-point game. I mean, Booker was Kobe Bryant on his best night. And it's like, timeout. And they barely slipped past him. So I think it's a little concerning for the Suns. And I said this the other day, they're missing a dude. Now, it could be Cameron Payne, who is the backup to Chris Paul. Maybe that's the guy. But they got, they're getting 13 points a game from their bench in the playoffs. Like, that is so far and away the worst. The next closest is Brooklyn with 19. And so I think Cameron Payne may be the answer. But J-Mac made a very good point. If you have to play Booker, Aiton, and KD 40-plus minutes, as Chris Paul was one for eight, he is not the same player. Then you have to go to high-altitude Denver, deep Denver. That is a problem. So, um, I mean, it's, you know, Durant was good. Booker was spectacular. You're missing Paul George and Kawhi. It's Norman Powell and Bones Highland. And and the Clippers deserve a ton of credit for their effort. Westbrook played his butt off. I'm not a huge Westbrook fan, but he has played so hard. He's doing everything he can. You got to give Westbrook a ton of credit. But, boy, it's a, you know, it's like a great meal Generally needs more than just two ingredients and you shouldn't microwave it. Like a great meal has layers and there's depth of flavor. And I, I feel like I got two stars, no bench, and a declining point guard. And that's going to catch up to you. Um, I said the other day, they're missing a guy. I think Cameron Payne 
could be the guy they're missing. What about Cameron Johnson, who they had to give well, up but they in had the to, Mikhail Bridges Yeah, trade. you're not going to get Mikhail Bridges. Well, you you're not going to get Kevin Durant without giving you Mikhael give up your Bridges. two best wings. I Just know. like Dorian Finney-Smith leaves the uh, well, Mavs. the people that were cynical on the Suns, I wasn't, but the people who were said they have no bench, and I said, I don't care about bench. <laughs> and then I watched them juxtaposed against the Clippers, and I'm like, yeah, I really care about their bench. Yeah. You can really tell. Last night, Booker was phenomenal, and they are and that thing is a ball game with a minute 44 left. How many more games is Torrey Craig going to shoot 60% from three? Well, that ain't going to continue. That's going to drop off, and it's like, well, whoa, what, well, what else do we have? They're going to wrap this series up because Paul George and Kawhi are such remarkable defenders. You have noticed in the last couple of games, the Suns are hitting an extraordinarily high field goal percentage. You don't do that if Paul and Kawhi are both on the floor. It's a much harder ask. Kevin O'Connor works for the Ringer. Been covering the NBA now for a decade. He is joining us as he is prone to do. We call. We're like Brady. We call. We ask, and he stops by. We really do appreciate that. So let's let's talk about the Clippers situation. I said this earlier, Kevin. Is that I think they have one of the richest owners. They're building a beautiful new facility. I think Ty Lue is sensational. Uh, the executive staff is more than competent. They have very nice depth. This is a rare instance when the star is letting down the franchise. And I think, listen, they compete against the Lakers whether they want to admit it or not. And the Lakers are old and stumbled and had to change the roster. And if they move to another round and the Clippers get bounced, do you not have to have strong discussions about moving off Kawhi? I think if you're the Clippers and Steve Ballmer here, you get an arena opening up in 2024, a whole rebranding. You know, it's going to be this amazing fan-centric arena. Well, to have fans have a good product to enjoy, the players need to be on the court. And with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, these guys have missed so many games over the years since they moved everything to get those guys to go there. So if you're a Ballmer, I do think, Colin, you have to at least think about what big changes can we make to this franchise to make them an appealing team. They were appealing to Kawhi and Paul George because of the young talent led by Shea Gillis-Alexander and all those young guys that they had. So maybe for the Clippers, uh, a rebuild, a step back would be the best move forward if they don't feel like there's a path to championship contention there because those guys will be free agents that summer in 2024. But let me defend Paul George. At least he's verbal. He communicates. He's your two. I could make an argument if I'm Steve Ballmer and his agent. Okay, I'm not asking him to be my headliner. Um, he is probably exiting his prime. I think Paul's still a great two-way player, and he communicates. I've been told for a year and a half that a part of this is the enigmatic um, nature of Kawhi's um, personality you got to communicate right like and I think I think they're a little bit when I read that yesterday Kevin uh, I got home and I opened up my phone and it said Kawhi not available <laughs> and it was different than every other time since he's been a clipper I was like okay that if I'm Steve Ballmer that takes me off yeah, especially after he played game two. two. Yeah, it, fe it feels like, I mean, it is like a knee sprain. It is an injury, but it feels like load management during the postseason. Right. So let's, let's now pivot quickly to the Suns. Uh, I guess everybody else was right. I picked him to get to the finals against Milwaukee, maybe Boston. but uh, So I, I thought, okay, bench is a tad overrated. But without Cameron Payne, are you surprised how quickly – Chris Paul has sort of regressed as a playoff performer. 
I mean, we've seen Chris Paul regress in the playoffs time and time again or get hurt in the playoffs over and over. So in some ways, that's not a surprise. What is a surprise is just how much he is failing to perform to his standard. Right. And so for the Suns right now, you have Chris Paul taking more shots than Kevin Durant twice now in the series, and you have Devin Booker going off in Game 3, so it doesn't matter. They get the win. But I can't help but feel like Kevin Durant oftentimes, you see him in the second quarter, he's calling for the ball, standing in the corner for a three. You know, he's getting frustrated. He doesn't get a touch at all in the possession. I feel like they get to get KD more touches. He ends up with 30 points, but that's because of the free throws at the end of the game. That's right. They need to get Kevin Durant more involved in that offense, bringing the ball up the floor more often, and just more motion and movement within their half-court sets. And if that means turning Chris Paul into a spot-up shooter, so be it. The issue is Chris Paul's not shooting well off the catch. So I think maybe Cameron Payne coming back in the postseason, if he is able to replace that and play some of that role, then maybe you can get KD going even more to the level that he can. Okay, um, I was surprised that without Peyton and Draymond that the Warriors um, gave that defensive effort. Oh, yeah. I, they were feisty, and, and were you surprised? Yeah, very surprised. I mean, you hear Draymond's out, you're like, eh, this is not good for the Warriors. Yeah. Then you hear Gary Payton's out, you're like, eh, this feels like a potential to be a loss here. Without those two guys, they're most important defenders on the perimeter aside from Wiggins. So... I was shocked there, but I felt like the Warriors came out with just such a rock-solid, highly executed game plan on the defensive end of the floor, top-locking on screens, switching with timely switches on the perimeter against those dribble handoffs you see the Kings run all the time. And Kevon Looney, I mean, this dude was the MVP last night on defense for the Warriors with his effort, the toughness against Everybody the Everybody was – you could tell Courage said, guys – Crash the board. DiVincenzo, oh, Wiggins, yes. they made a point. Even the guards, Moody, get near the glass. Sabonis is a fascinating player. So I made this comp yesterday, even J-Mac liked it. I said, there's a little baby warriors here with the Kings. Yes. So you have um, kind of an intellectual point guard who's great late, an understated Harrison Barnes clay figure, gets his points, no ego, a theatrical tough guy, physicality, Sabonis Draymond, and at the beginning of the Warriors, you had a defensive coach, Mark Jackson, Mike Brown. And also uh, drafted and developed Davian Mitchell for the Kings, Andre Iguodala, a, an elite defender off the bench. And maybe it's a bridge too far, but I do. when I watch intellectually upstairs, it's Daryl Morey guys, analytics guys, defensive coach. I kind of feel, I'm not saying they're going to go on a run, but um, it also wouldn't surprise me if Sacramento won game four, this weekend, what do you make of them going forward? I think for the Kings side of things, you can't rule them out in the series. They were great all year long, but they absolutely did miss an opportunity in that game three to just completely shut the door on the Warriors. And, you know, you think about going back to game four and Chase, Draymond coming back, maybe Peyton's able to return at that point. He's sick, I think. I think he, it's a real sick. He is sick, yeah. yeah. So, like, we don't know yet with game four, but ultimately, like, I have a hard time believing a team that was 33-8 during the regular season, now 1-0 in the postseason, is going to lose that game four. So for the Kings, this is going to be you know, the real test for them. You know, now that the Warriors have kind of figured some things out defensively, we'll see now how the Kings adjust. You know, I think Sabonis is going to really need to play better moving forward in the series. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, the Warriors and Kings, they look at each other. It's kind of like the Spider-Man meme. Like, they are very familiar with each other, and they, they know how each other play. Yeah, they're really intellectual teams. It's like really young people who are already adults. Yeah. Yeah, you feel like Sacramento, like they know what they are. They know what they're not. They all have roles. That was very much Sacramento early. 
So um, J-Max pushing back on this. I said, but in the NFL, you draft somebody who's played college for three to four years. They're often married. I mean, they're, they're older. You get 23 and 24-year-old kids. But in basketball, you get somebody that's often, um, he's a 19-year-old. And so Tyrese Maxey comes into the league raw seven a game. And I think last year, people were too quick to annoy him as a guy. And I'm like, okay, get you 17, but he has bad nights. There are nights if Tobias is hitting, and he was like the four. And then this year, it's like, okay, he's a really, really spectacular three. And I did think last night, it's one thing to score 30 in a blowout at home. To go on the road, Harden's gone and beat banged up. Kid, it's your franchise. I thought it was like a... Real time, Kevin, like, okay, they found their two. They found their Tony Parker. They found their Pippen. That's what it felt. Am I hyperbolic here? That's what it felt like watching the game to me. Well, isn't it amazing how just one successful draft pick can change how you feel about an entire franchise? Like you're saying how he feels like they're Tony Parker. You know, he's scoring the way he did last night as he has shown flashes of doing many times before. And it's so important in this moment because Harden gets, you know, ejected, which I thought was ridiculous yeah. after that hit. But, you know, what, regardless of that, Harden just hasn't had the same burst, not drawing the same amount of fouls. He doesn't like, get the whistle. Yeah, he's not you know, finishing the same way he did around the basket, which is understandable at his age with all the miles he has on his body. But that necessitates, like, the, the, a guy needing to step up. And that's what Tyrese Maxey has done with his speed and burst and ability to generate offense, oftentimes against sometimes being defended uh, by the weaker defender because that guy's defending Harden on ball. So for Maxey, it is critical for the Sixers that he's able to sustain the success moving forward for them, especially next round against Boston, a team that is equipped with far better, you know, length and versatility. Yeah, he'll struggle a bit. But he'll, he'll struggle sure, against Boston. But they'll need him because Harden is going to get, you know, Boston's best defenses on ball considering how much he runs their pick and roll with Joel Embiid. So Maxi is of the utmost importance for the Sixers to get past the second round, and, and we know how things could potentially go if they don't get past Boston next round. Okay, so let me go to the technicals. So let me talk the Embiid one first is that I believe I saw this with Pippen in the Knicks that if you try to straddle and it's kind of a junk move when you try to straddle a player you have a right to clear space if you invade my space I have a right to clear it now he gets a flagrant one but I'm going to give him look now watch Claxton he steps up over him to go to his waist to question your man it's kind of a questioning manhood thing so Embiid deserves a flagrant one. watch this though he steps forward he could have easily, Kevin, moved back, moved around. So I'm going to defend Embiid to just get a flagrant one there because it was provoked. Am I crazy? I think it's fair. I do. I mean, I, I think with Draymond, it was rightfully a flagrant two. I mean, just the way he stomped with Embiid. Feels like a flagrant one is, is better, and I hope he doesn't get suspended. I think that'd be absurd if he were for this. Okay, now Harden did appear to punch a man in the groin, who I Did don't he, like was that really a punch? Well, let's let <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's look at the video. See, I don't think this defender is invading his space. I think he's def no watch. That's just defending somebody. Now, there is some theatrical um liberties taken. You don't think that's a flagrant? No. You think it's a flagrant I, I, I one? Mean, I don't think he should be ejected from the game for that. I mean, you, you like he's you got to let him have his space to attack off the dribble, and sometimes your your arms go somewhere they don't intend to go. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> I don't know. That feels like if you punch a guy, I I I always believe like if you uh, invade my space, I can create it. 
but that doesn't mean I can't guard you. Like sure. Embiid space was invaded. I'm going to hover over you. So right? That was after the play, though. This was like within the flow of the action. So that's like, why was I wild think play was happening. I, I mean, I think personally the Embiid one, if you're comparing them, the Embiid one was worse. The Harden one, I was shocked when he actually got ejected for that. We've seen him bump guys so many times before. Okay, so now let's pivot to the Lakers and the Grizzlies series. So you're not going to obviously the, – there's rumors the Hawks would move off Trey Young, and everybody's almost kind of okay with it. And it's like, hmm, okay. But when you consider, hey, what about moving off John Morant? There's, whoa, whoa. But here's what's interesting. His backup leads the NBA for half a decade straight on turnover to assist ratio. They're a better defensive team without Jaw. That's not arguable. The spacing's better, and they win a little more. So it's interesting. Why are we willing to move off Trey without a lot of pushback when he's a top 10, isn't he a top 10 assist guy? He's an elite scorer. But the suggestion with Jaw, who's also had some personal um, um, moments that are regrettable. But So I said yesterday, we can all move off Trey, and everybody's like in line with it. But if, but if you're the Grizzlies, you could get a haul for him. I wonder sometimes if they're not better without him. Am I nuts? The stats don't lie. I, I mean, they, are, they have been a dominant team without Ja, which it's just like unlike any other team without their star. But, Colin, Ja does raise your ceiling. When we've seen him score 40-plus okay. in the postseason, okay. his downhill attacking. But doesn't attacking, Trey Young do that? Eh, I mean, Trey, I mean, he's been an inefficient scorer throughout his career. He's had one good year shooting from behind the arc. He's a major negative on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah. He off, we've seen how Kevin Herter, you mentioned him earlier, looking yeah. like Clay Light with Sacramento. He was a corner shooter spot-up guy with Atlanta. I mean, I think with Trey Young, this, you know, some of his greatest qualities as a playmaker with the, the passes he can make in the half court, sometimes with the ball hogging, you can make guys worse and limit their ceilings. John Morant is a bit more of a ball sharer. He can play with Desmond Bain within their half court. And Ja, I, I, I just think Ja has proven to be the more dynamic downhill at-rim oh, scoring presence. That, that's fair, yes. So you consider Ja considerably better than Trey Young? Yes, Okay. That's, absolutely. Okay, you do. All right, but that, that's maybe why everybody keeps saying, because one guy, we're all, move him out of town, bring the U-Haul trucks. The other guy, it's considered an outrageous suggestion. It's also like team culture. Like Ja, like despite some of the negatives you talk about. Feels like, like Memphis. Well, he is Memphis, and like I think those players in that locker room really love him. You can't say the same, same okay. thing about Trey in Atlanta. Okay, so um, I look at, I think, the most interesting matchup. Because the, the West is kind of up for grabs. Boston matches up very well against Philadelphia. I could almost predict that series, that Embiid's going to get his, but Maxie and Harden will be limited because Boston has Marcus Smart, rim protection, Jalen Brown, and I just don't think Maxie is ready to go up against Boston and vanquish the Celtics. But the Milwaukee series with Boston is interesting because Milwaukee is getting very, very old in front of our eyes. It allows Tatum and Brown to get to the basket kind of at will. And that's the series, I think everybody in the NBA, we're kind of just waiting for that series. The other night I'm watching Boston play, and I'm like, man, they've, they've got almost just as many guys who can hit a jumper as Milwaukee. I was so steadfast in my Bucks belief. This morning, who would you take? Milwaukee, still. But that assumes Giannis is able to get back to 100%. I picked the Bucks before the season. I picked them before the playoffs to win the finals. 
then Giannis gets hurt. So, I mean, at this current moment, you have to lean Boston with their amount of depth, with their upside. I mean, they're neck and neck with Milwaukee, even with Giannis at 100%. But, like, Giannis's health, we'll see if he does end up returning in the series against the Heat and how he looks as he progresses when he does return. But uh, I think with, with the Bucks, Giannis is the best player in the world right now. You mentioned, you know, at rim for Boston. Brooke Lopez is Excellent. one of the best rim protectors in the league. Yeah. Giannis is their most important defender. I had him third in my defensive player of the year ballot. Drew Holiday, one of the best point of attack defenders in the world. And they have good quality, tough, hard-nosed, off-ball defenders that surround those three guys. So for the Celtics and their half court, they still have had moments over the course of the season, despite their success, where they've this fallen stagnant, gone into bad habits like we saw in the postseason last year against the Warriors. So against that Bucks defense, if Giannis is healthy, that's going to be the true test for them. And in some ways, Celtics-Bucks might end up feeling like the true finals. But if I was like Simmons, Bill Simmons, and I was a Celtic fan, I could talk myself into saying they both have elite rim defenders, um, and the Celtics are a twitchier version of Milwaukee. They both have great backcourt defenders, Marcus Smart, Drew Holiday. They both have great rim defense. But the Celtics are the twitchier, more athletic team. I think that's fair in a lot of ways because, especially with Chris Middleton, we still need to see oh, him no, sustain success. Oh no, no, he's not success. the same player. We, yeah, we like he has a great game in, in the series against the Heat, but he needs to prove that he can sustain it like he has in past postseasons. If they lose, if Boston doesn't get to the finals, do you make a move? Probably. Um, I think. It, I think you got to try to re-sign Jalen Brown. Um, that'd be still of the utmost. I don't want to break for, those two up. No, I don't think but you want to do, you do move that. Marcus Smart. I mean, the tough part, Colin, with Boston is they feel like such a complete overall team. Watch really. them pass. Yeah, with Derek, Derek White, Marcus Smart. Their intellectual yeah. bandwidth. You can tell the teams that don't load management. Boston's passing. It's almost like Steph and Dre and Clay. They've got so many games together, Kevin. It's like. They don't think. Boston's passing is what you look like when you don't take games <laughs> off. It's so smart. It's so crisp. Uh, all right, you got to call him out? Kevin uh, O'Connor, you got to uh, call him out today? I got the ringer. I uh, got Beyond the Arc. On, on, uh, it's coming out next Tuesday and mismatch as well. So uh, Doing a lot of podcasting, a little bit of writing as well. Say hi to Bill. Congrats we'll on the do. ringer. All your success as well. One more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Save big in your water bills with Navian. Go to tanklessmadesimple.com, 15-year limited warranty. Lower your energy bill because they only heat hot water when you need hot water. Pretty slick deal there. Navian tankless water heaters. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herd Line God, News. I love NBA playoff basketball. I love it. Okay, that's good. Um, I don't even know what the games are tonight. We'll, we'll find I out. I don't watch are. sports on Friday. Why? What do you do? Because I don't have a show till Monday, so I'll watch highlights and gets Friday. Friday's family time. Yeah, I didn't tell you that? Never. No, I don't watch sports. Friday is family time. Because huh. I don't have a show till Monday, so yeah. nothing that happens on Friday mm. is going to get talked about on Now Monday. you'll make an exception next Friday for the NFL Draft. Well, that's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the biggest Friday of the year, <laughs> by far. Okay. James Harden's future in Philly is unclear. He can opt out of the final year of his deal and become a free agent this summer, according to uh, Adrian Wojnarowski. Harden could go back to his former team in Houston, and the Rockets are very much in play if he hits the open market. The only thing that doesn't make sense here to me is why would he want to go to Houston? I look well, at their I think roster. It's his, it's, I think it's the clubs, the thing. The lifestyle. Yeah, I think he wants the and lifestyle. Houston, and by the way, Maxine, it's actually doing the Sixers a favor because Maxine now is the two. He's the two. Yeah, they, you can't they, lose Harden for nothing. Well, then you can get draft picks. In a, by the way, Tobias Harris is a three to a four. I think that contract I never loved for Philadelphia. They're not, listen, they're not as good of a team. If you replace James Harden with like cap space and no 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 fringe Max he's going to go from 17-20 next year he's 24 and a half a game and so what you need Tobias Harris can be your 3 to your 4 you need uh because Maxie's young uh what you need is somebody who is willing to defend cuz Maxie's a little small uh somebody that's willing to defend at the you know the perfect player would be like Andrew Wiggins would be perfect <laughs> A grown-up who can yeah. defend and score. Former number one overall pick. You know, well, runner mean, up to of, MVP of the finals. Hey, yeah, let's go. Four <laughs> years ago, everybody was saying he was a semi-bust. No, if you, can you find can you find a poor man's uh, Andrew Wiggins, a willing defender who could give you 16 on 18 any given night? You know, I don't do this Then you're a free. championship team. Yeah. Yeah, you got to pay me to find that. At JNC Consulting, obviously, <laughs> we, can, we can come up with the answers. But the other thing is, like, 
this is a team with like everybody's under like 25 years old in Houston. Everyone. Jabari Smith, Sangoon, Tari Easton, who I like a lot. Um, but like they're they're not gonna they're gonna win like 30 games. Harden's not that much of an element of change that he's gonna vault them into like the play. He'll sell tickets. He's popular there. He wants to be there. I think I read a story where he doesn't like the structure. No, Brooklyn, what a shock. Philly. Yeah. You, you, listen, you can't just be rolling into the facility after a late night out. You know, we need you at time on on for the plane rides. Like in Houston, they just let him do whatever he wanted. It's Lucy Goosey in Houston. When are you going to get Lucy Goosey here and let me kind of just you know fr- free reign it? We have structure here. Oh, structure. You can't just Lucy Goosey your way to 14 minute herdline <laughs> news segments. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, uh, Cowboys. They picked up C.D. Land's fifth-year option for 2024. Yeah. Dallas hoping to sign him to a long-term deal soon. Last year, he had a career high in receptions, receiving yards, uh, total touchdowns, led the team in catches. Um, I don't know, C.D. Lamb, Cowboys. What do you got? He's their best receiver. He's a, he's a one, absolutely. Okay. I, th- I think he's an absolute one. I don't think he's Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, but he's a very... Is he's he a, second tier of number yeah, one. or he's, he's in the next... He's not top three or four, but he's somewhere between five and 15. He's a very good one. My question, Brandon Cooks will now be there too. I always feel Brandon's more of a three. Mm. Um, and like they, him, and but... They, and they also, now Zeke's gone, and is um, Gallup's hit and miss for me, uh, and, and Dalton Schultz. He's gone. He's gone. They so, had a young receiver. I'm spacing on the name who they liked in the draft, but then he did nothing all season. I think they have to. They have to go get a tight end in the first two rounds. Absolute. Yeah. Because Dalton once Kincaid? they, I don't think he's going to be available. What? Why? Because they're drafting end of the first round. So they're Meyer, drafting 26. I think both those tight ends are gone. Those wow. are great tight ends. So those Darnell guys, Washington. That's who I think they get. I think they get the Georgia tight end, who's very, very good. But they don't. They don't really. Once they figured out Stephon Gilmore opposite Trayvon Diggs, their defense is fine. They have a young safety I like. They have two corners now. Yep. They have Micah who can roam and come in. They have Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, they'll probably draft yeah. another interior D lineman. Their defense is fine with Dan Quinn. You're just throwing stuff around the studio, huh? They, sorry. They 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 <laughs> have to they have to go find yeah. components to help elevate Dak. You can't have Dak. Dak's not going to pull this team anywhere. You got to get Dak more weapons. Tony Pollard might. Uh, final story baseball, Colin. The Athletics have finalized a deal to purchase land for a new stadium in, wait for it, Vegas. Las Vegas. Yeah, I would have gone Nashville, but Vegas got it. The 49-acre site is close to the strip and will hold a 30 to 35,000 seat ballpark with a retractable roof. The team hopes to break ground next year with the goal of a move by 2027. You hear Vegas and a baseball schedule, you're like, oh my gosh. The last time I went to an A's game, I sat in the first row of the third deck in left field, and it was nobody there. I, I bought it. I wanted to buy a cheap ticket because I had to go. I was covering something in town. This was 20 years ago. And there was nobody at the stadium, so I bought the cheapest upper deck seat I could to just watch the game, just for fun. I said, I'm going to go sit up in the upper deck. <laughs> there was nobody there. You can keep so complaining this, about wait, was this. Was this the Bash Brothers with Consecutive No, no, this was when they stunk. Uh, so they've been hot and cold on success, right? right. But, um, you know, everybody complains about this. Time out. Nobody goes to the games. So what do you want them to do? Well, it's that's a because the town. owner, do they spend on the team? I well, mean, they got one of the lowest payrolls. No. They're making a ton of money. Look, you know, why would you go to a team? Why, like, it's tough for me to support the Jets sometimes with Woody Johnson being, uh, you know, awful at his job. But 
I mean, yeah, look, look at this picture. Now, let me ask you this. I don't know the the, um, the political dealings, but let me ask you this. Because California, you're not going to get stadiums in California because of our taxes. So Stan Kroenke had to foot the bill for his stadium, most of his stadium, right? This is not an area, the civic pride, build a stadium. L.A. and California aren't desperate. You so, build, rich guys, build your own stadiums. So to me, it's a bummer that they couldn't tear this stadium down and build a really awesome, tight, like, 31,000-seat stadium with a lot of suites. Yeah. So it became, because Pac Bell is like... That's that's like Hollywood. But that's isn't like that a, what they're trying to do here? Hey, we're going to go to Vegas if you guys don't pony up and give us. A I new don't stadium. think I don't think baseball is going to work in Vegas. NFL works everywhere, and it's only eight games. Hockey in the NBA, it's forty-one home games. I don't think Vegas can support an NFL team, the Strip, a hockey team, and a eighty-one home well, games. Know, Vegas is popping during the summer, the pool season. Nobody wants to go to a baseball game. At a brand new retractable roof stadium? People love a good new baseball stadium. Oh, they do? That's funny. I think, don't they? I see a lot of empty ones. How much do they love them? Are they new? Who likes a retractable indoor baseball stadium well, in the sure summer? you sure as heck aren't going to like 120 degree baseball Well, weather. here's who doesn't draw well. The two Florida teams, because basically the state's on fire in the summer. They don't spend. Well, spend or not, I, I think if you have to play indoor baseball, even Minnesota, you got, indoor baseball is done for me. I'm not into it at all. At all. Wow. I, I, I'm just not. I, I'm just, I, football's, I, I, football's, I, I should take it back. I haven't been to an indoor baseball stadium in a long time. So I, I, don't I even grew know. up I, in the kingdom as a kid. When you go to a baseball game, there's two things I want. A beer and nature. Yeah. I want to be staring at a concrete roof. Well, I will push back. When you go to Dodger Stadium and you are sitting in the sun in the it's summer, gorgeous. it's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Beautiful. It's oppressive. I w- you got to move for shade. It is. It's real. I'll get us some seats. They happen to be good. And um, we'll sit in the sun and you'll last like maybe half an inning and be like, oh, this no. is, I, we got to go. I've, I've been at Dodger Stadium a dozen times. Never once been uncomfortable. Unbelievable. Now, you're probably in those those nice No, seats. no, I'm not. That. I'm out with the common man. Oh, yeah. With the unwashed masses. I yeah, am. That's where you are. I'm just one cooking. of them. I didn't shower twice you, this week. You were in a tank top unwashed. and just laying back. And I don't, I don't like sun. sitting up with all the elitists. I'm not a blue checkmark guy. I'm one of I'm the not, people. I'm not either. I lost my checkmark. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Mr. Musk. You can't have a bad time at Dodger Stadium. That's a great that's stadium. That's a fact. Pac Bell, the one down in San Diego, Dodger Stadium. You can't have a bad well, unless time. Unless the Dodgers are playing the Padres, then there's going to be fights. They're, I mean, they, they get after it. I know. They, I have to tell my unwashed masses brethren to stop fighting. Hey, simmer down now. <laughs> I'm not trying to get a Coke poured on me. All right, Jay Mack with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. To gain visibility and control over your financials, inventory, and more, go to netsuite.com slash herd. No interest, no financing payments for six months. Live in L.A., it's The Herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. This is Steve Covino. And Rich Davis. And together, we are Covino and Rich. Covino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's right. Kavita on Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
Every Covino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royals. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tomorrow on Fox, some of baseball's best show out in an early season showdown as Pete Alonzo and Francisco Lindor Lead the Mets against Brandon Crawford and the Giants. Or Luis Robert and the White Sox battle Randy Arozarena and the dominating Rays. It all begins Saturday at 4 Eastern on Fox. I always think this is interesting. And the NFL and NBA uh, are very different sports, and I love both. But in the NFL, winning is everything. Tom Brady didn't need to be stylish. Tom Brady didn't. Tom Brady won. Tom's the GOAT. But in basketball, it's different. Optics matter, style matters, and it's amazing how great Steph Curry is. And there's always been this bit of a pushback. 
People forget they won pre-KD and post-KD. And even when KD was there, one of the years, he averaged 28.5 points in the playoffs. If you look at what Golden State is now, Clay Thompson's past his prime. The young guys aren't ready to take the baton. You get no scoring from the center position. His only reliable teammate on a nightly basis is Draymond Green, eight and a half points a game. Now you say, what about Andrew Wiggins? He missed 45 games, and here they are. It's it's really interesting. We would make excuses for every other star in the game. We do, but with... With Steph Curry, and I think a lot of it is married early, doesn't worry about style. He's very much a homebody about the organization. He doesn't care about how he's viewed. He's not as alpha as we like. I mean, he is so much better than, say, Westbrook. It's not close. Five years ago, there was some poll, and players like Westbrook over Steph. You play the game. You don't know it. But Westbrook's more alpha and confrontational. And Steph's more family, laid back, uh, more willing to bring other people on. Uh, It's just fascinating to me. What they are right now is Clay Thompson past their prime, wildly inconsistent young guys, no scoring from their center position, no scoring for 45 games from their wing position, and here they are. And Steph last night took over. Kayvon Looney was really, really good. There's no doubt. You're not going to get scoring much from him. He's a rebounding force, but he talked about the win last night. His focus level was uh, was insane tonight. Uh, he did everything for us for getting us in our in our spots, knowing when to push the pace, knowing when to slow us down. Uh, you know, uh, you know, knowing when to get guys shots. You know, they they threw a lot of different defenses at him, and uh, he was able to manipulate all of them and get us in our spots and get us good shots. The Warriors have been outscored. They're minus 32 in the series when Steph's off the floor. They are plus 38 when he's on the floor. There's a 70-point swing. 70-point swing in three games. That's like better than Michael Jordan. When Jordan left the Bulls, they won 57 regular season games. He left. They won 55 the following year. When Steph's not on the floor, this franchise can't score. There's a 70-point swing in three games with Steph Curry. But again, aesthetics and optics and style and alpha matters in this sport, and I'm okay with that. That's I fell in love with Dr. J. Dr. J had a hit-and-miss perimeter game. Uh, I didn't trust him at the free-throw line in big spots, but I love Dr. J. I love the style. I love the look, the converse, the swooping dunks. It's different. NFL's about winning. Nobody cares about style. You win, you're in, period. Basketball winning's a big component to it, but it's not everything. And I always, I always look at how people view, like I watched last night, and I'm like, you're, you're looking at the greatest shooter in the history of this sport globally. Does everybody get that? Y'all get what you're watching here? There'll never be anybody that shoots like this. I think he's the best ball handler the twitchiest ball handler. He's the best shooter and ball handler of my life. That's two really important factors. It's funny, the Jordan fans, when you say that stat to them, that they went from 57 wins with Jordan, he quits, and they win 55 with Scottie Pippen leading the way. Like You look in the history, like Steph Curry misses the season, they win like 15 games, they're drafting at the top. LeBron changes teams, leaves, bottom falls out. It's a strong argument. Without Curry, what are the Warriors? 
They don't nothing. have. They don't have any championships. Absolutely nothing. Do you, you think Durant goes there for yeah. Iggy and it Clay almost sounds and, like you're talking yourself into Steph Curry. Depending on how this postseason if goes, Steph, as a top 10 guy all time. If Steph Curry was a quarterback in the win is all that matters NFL, we, he'd be like top two or three ever. Now, I, I consider him one. I think he's the, I think he's way more important but for basketball historically than, than LeBron James, even though I think LeBron is the greater player. But, but nobody's emulated LeBron. Steph Curry literally changed high school college and pro and international basketball you can't emulate lebron he's 68 260 right. it's right. like a, a, that's a why sprinter big, out there that's yeah. why big guys don't sell shoes yeah. kids don't see themselves as shaq or akeem literally my son's not a sports fan like he knows steph curry he thinks he's cool yeah. like like michael jordan made the game more popular but he didn't fundamentally change yeah. it kobe bryant was able to emulate every single thing jordan did there's videos out there showing kobe yes. doing exact same he moves. was just not as strong and yeah. didn't have the hands but it was a lot of it it was 80 percent of michael like there's what what is steph steph is one of one he's an alien yeah, just it's just an incredible spectacle. I just love it so much. All right, show's flying by. We got a good Steve Kime, former Arizona Cardinal GM. Woo! I'm Diosa and I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio, season nine. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.